Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. Welcome to another very special episode of the Entree Musician. I love what I do. I get to have conversations with some incredible people. This gentleman that we're bringing on is no less than incredible, really. I'm telling you, if you like John Mayer, if you like Tom Petty, you know, this brother right here really brings it. And he hasn't been playing guitar very long. He's a singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, and bona fide rocket scientist as well. We're going to get into all of that. But this is Mark Winters. Mark, what's going on, man? Hey, Jerry B. I appreciate uh, you having me on the, the show today. Uh, I really lo love your vibe. I love your positive energy. I love your message. Uh, you know, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, my pleasure, man. Met you down in Houston in June, I think. It was early June at Springboard. And uh, I think what clicked is uh, when I saw some of your bio and you said Positive Vibes Music. And I'm like, yo, that's who I am. So I got <laughs> to hook up with this brother right here. Yeah, connect with my positive brother, you know. Without fail. The one thing that I did know as you... Uh, you know, begin to play and, and just listening to some of your music is uh, how new you are actually to the game. I mean, you, you didn't start playing until you after you got married, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was one of the things I, I grew up uh, always you know, loving music. I love the way music moves me. It changes my mood. So I was always a, a listener. The more the more emotion in the music, the more it disconnected with me. And so I grew up, you know, listening and a few of my friends asked me to join bands along the way, you know, as I was growing up and whatnot, but I never, never had the time for it, uh, unfortunately, um, until uh, later in life. And, um, you know, I, I finally, uh, one year I decided, okay, I've got to learn music and I'm, when I do something, I got to, I got to put myself out there, like on the edge of something, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to learn a song to play for my wife for our anniversary. And I'm going to play it in a restaurant for our anniversary night. Now, um, which anniversary was it? What year? Our 10 year anniversary. 10th year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so I, uh, I went to a local guitar shop because I like to buy local, you know, all the local scene. And mm -hmm. uh, I found this guy at Smack Guitar, uh, Steve, and I uh, said, hey, um, uh, you know, I wanted, I've never owned a guitar before or any instrument for that matter. I want to, I want to buy a guitar. I want to play a song for my wife uh, and I'm willing to buy like the upgraded model of this acoustic guitar if you'll teach me to play the song, right? And he's like, oh, all right, I'm in, I'm in. He, he just kind of loved the whole environment of that, right? Uh, so we got to finish checking out and he's like, okay, uh, so uh, what song is it? And it was a song by this band called Tesla. Um, and uh, T-E-S-L-A, and, and uh, the song is called What You Give. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really about being a giving person, right? Uh, it's a little bit in a rock context, right? Um, but um, so he said, okay, how long have you been playing? I said, zero. Uh, he said, how long have you been singing? I said, uh, zero. Uh, and he said, hold on now, how long do we have to, to teach you the song, right? And I said, you know, I said, six weeks. Uh, so that should be plenty of time, right? And he's like, hmm. <laughs> anyway, it was a, fa a fabulous journey. Uh, my daughter got involved. She would, uh, uh, she would sit in the foyer with me, pretending like we were in the restaurant. And uh, I would sing the song, and uh, she would give me critiques uh, while my wife was at work, right? So she didn't know 
going on. Uh, and so uh, long story, but really at the end, uh, and I pulled, we pulled all the chairs in the restaurant and I was in an Italian restaurant called La Trattoria and all the people who were there joined in the party. Um, uh, my daughter made me a giant anniversary card because I couldn't remember the lyrics and the chords at the same time. And so I put the anniversary card on the table as my, like my music stand and, uh, <laughs> uh played it. Uh, and at that moment I fell in love with my wife again. I also fell in love with the journey of, of just delivering music to someone. It's such a special connection. Uh, you know, I wrote poetry for most of my life. My grandmother taught me. And so I had the experience of writing a poem for someone and, and delivering that and this were, you know, much less emotional than delivering music um, and so 2011 that's when my journey started and i haven't looked back since man that's an excellent story absolutely thank you so much for sharing it uh, i'm a romantic at heart so i know that that was a very special i know the staff and the management of the restaurant the rest of the people went home some wives were like why won't you do that for me to their husbands oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, it was emotional for everybody, uh, so it was it was pretty cool. I had, had a great time with it, and shortly thereafter, I put together uh, a little uh, local garage band, and all I wanted to do was just play one one gig uh, somewhere. Um, and uh, I really got serious in, in 2018. Uh, I started really, uh, uh, you know, it just was on my mind all the time, writing music, performing. And uh, so I wrote my first original album. I, I wish I wish my original band could have taken time away from their lives and careers to actually be on the journey with me. But uh, right. they actually uh, had other things going on. Um, and so I ended up stepping out on my own and putting together another band. Uh, I'm still great friends with all the, all the name of that band was Agave Report. Uh, I'm still great friends with them. They're amazing people. Um, and um, you know, put my own band together in, in 2018 um, and wrote my first album. And uh, right as I got out and started playing in 2019 uh, behind that album in, in like the summertime, you know, two or three shows into that album release, COVID came and uh, took the, the live music, this sort of auger down into the ground. And uh, uh, like everyone else, you know, I ended up um, having to reinvent myself as an artist. Um, yeah. But you, you've, um, you, first of all, you hail from the great state of Texas, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, Texas is amazing. Uh, people are resilient and strong and friendly. Um, they were, you know, industrious. I, I, you know, I love the Texas economy and the Texas way for sure. Yeah. But the, the, the one thing, too, that Texas has going for them is a sp an incredible space program. So... <laughs> Uh, you have a degree in aerial space, aeronautical and astronomical engineering, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Um, and that was uh, for music, I guess, huh? I love math and science. You can see my shirt here, right? Nerdy by, <laughs> nerdy by design, uh, or by, yeah, by nature, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I love math and science, um, you know, complex things. Or that they, 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 you know, they ignite my sense of curiosity and uh, you know, math and science are, are definitely you know in that category for me. And so, in high school, um, you know, I fell in love with you know with uh, calculus and and uh, fluid dynamics and, and aerospace engineering is all about um, 
Uh, well, you can study two, two channels in aerospace. You can, you can be a, an orbital mechanics person, a space person, right? So you, you learn to uh, project you know, the flight of objects in space and how gravity affects them and small particle collisions affect them. And so that's one area of math and science as part of the aerospace engineering study. And then the other part is computational fluid dynamics. And that one is where you study uh, how particles interact with objects in a fluid like air or um, like water or other viscous fluids. Um, and, uh, and so you learn how to, you know, the practical applications are, you know, making helicopter rotors, making wings, you know, or aircraft. Um, and so uh, I studied that in, in college and um, that, was, that was what brought me to Houston, uh, amongst other things, I had a family in the area. Uh, but um, I, I worked for a company called Link Flight Simulations. We built uh, trainers, uh, the big motion-based trainers that teach people how to fly helicopters and jets. Mm -hmm. So yeah, love, love math and love science. Uh, just wasn't a creative enough community for me. You know, uh, it, it was a little too, uh, <laughs> well, you, there. you gotta else. be a pretty balanced person though, Mark. I mean, you know, my, my thought process has always been, of course I'm terrible at math. Okay. So, you know, I'm brilliant at English by God's grace. Okay. So I thought the creative people kind of eschewed the math and science and were, were more into the poetry. And you said you read poetry or, were, you know, wrote poetry and uh, you know, then the really brainy people were not very creative. So I don't know how you've navigated that tightrope or maybe I've I, just been wrong all my life, you know, I, you know, I think it's, 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 uh, I think I have two thoughts on that. One, um, my, my grandmother, when I was five, um, I was a very rambunctious child, like out of control, energy, aggressive kind of, kind of young man. Um, and my, my mom, my dad's mom, Dean Winters, uh, we would all pile into her, I think it was a 1200 square foot house in, uh, Nederland, Texas, East Texas. Um, and there would be my cousins over there and all, me, I had three brothers, so you know, all four of us were over there. It was like a, a zoo. And somehow, somehow my grandma, uh, um, she would, uh, we, she would get us all in the kitchen and we would be all cooked together or we would go all in the den and we would be painting together or she'd get me. I was the only one interested in poetry and we'd go out and we'd be on the back patio writing poetry together. I mean, can you imagine? How, how do you wrangle a five-year-old or six-year-old boy to get him to do all that stuff? A whole pack of us, right? Um, so she opened my mind a lot, um, you know, to painting and, and well, the arts in general. Um, and uh, what I found, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those mixed up kids. I, I'm ambidextrous. I can never figure out whether to do something with my right hand or my left hand. Um, and that's just been, you know, my whole life. And so uh, when I paint, and write poetry, I do it left-handed. And when I do engineering work or print work, I do it right-handed. Uh, even when I use a computer, I use the mouse on my right hand if it's something science-y, math-y, and if it's something creative-y, I do it on my left hand. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it's just a weird thing. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I, I confuse myself sometimes, Jerry, you know? <laughs>
<laughs> I just thought that was uh, pretty terrific to, you know, just, you know, it's very obvious how creative you are when you hear your music. And then to have this astronomical engineering degree and you go, you know, I mean, how do you navigate that? Uh, that's that's well above, you know, my thought process. So do you feel that you're ascending more when you're creative and writing a song or a lyric or when you're figuring out all of the chemical processes of the fluid and the other huge 13 letter uh, words you used? <laughs> Uh, I'd say, okay, a couple of things. So I look for the juxtaposition of, of, of science and creativity. Um, so that's kind of where my brain goes. Uh, so a perfect example of that is like a haiku. Okay, so a haiku is a Japanese-styled uh, poem. Um, there's a lot of technical details to it, but the, the essence of it is there are five syllables in the first line, and there are seven syllables in the second line, and there are five syllables in, in the third line. And so when you're creating a haiku, you have to, like a poem, you have to think creatively, creatively write, and, and so you have these sensory things that you're processing, but you have to put them in a structure, right? So that's a great overlap. Like here, I'll, I'll tell you one. Like I, I just wrote this one. Uh, this I write them usually once or twice a day. I'll write a, a haiku. Uh, so uh, this is called uh, "Mirror You." Okay. Um, so mirror of minds blend reflections of your stories. Perspectives extend. Mirror you. Um, and so that haiku has what I love. It has some introspective thought, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live on your, in your world a little bit here, Jerry, and understand you. And your story reflects on me, right? They reflect on me, and then I, my perspectives grow, right? This sort of mirroring you, right? Uh, so, yeah, I think that, that juxtaposition uh, is true. A lot of my songs actually start as haikus, those thought processes. Um, and then uh, like my song, my latest release, uh, uh, Boundary Layer, um, you know, uh, you know uh, it's about breaking through boundaries in your life. Um, you know, we all have other people who put barriers in front of us and uh, try to hold us back maybe, or maybe they're just holding us back, you know, accidentally. Uh, sometimes we put barriers in front of ourselves. I don't know. Do you ever do that, Jerry? Kind of get in your own way? Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, and so, uh, you know, breaking through boundaries is important. And so boundary layers is, is about, um, you know, uh, uh, remembering to stay focused on your goals and to fight for what you believe in so that you become the person that you're meant to be. But it also has a science principle. So a boundary layer, as you approach an object, so pretend you're a particle flying through the air and you're coming up on a wing. And as you come up on the wing and you get close to the wing, other particles are bouncing off the wing and start slowing you down or other particles down and it starts creating compression in the air. And as you get close to the surface, you sometimes will pause 
and then you'll go in a new direction. So as you approach that boundary layer, right, you might head in a new direction. In life, as someone's putting a boundary in front of you, sometimes you'll, you'll break through the boundary, sometimes you'll approach the boundary and you'll go a different direction. Uh, so math, math, science, and songwriting come together. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I did hear that uh, math is the most difficult, uh, music is the second most difficult discipline, then medicine. Is that, is that the hierarchy? You know, I think uh, I, I think everything can be difficult. You know, uh, uh, English is difficult to, for me. You know, what's what's the third conjugate of some? What I don't know. Like I'm trying to learn Spanish right now with my family, and the professor's like, "Well, the infinitive form of this is that." I'm like, "Okay, what if you don't know if, what that is in English?" <laughs> so, you know, English is tough for me, Jerry. You know, I just I wasn't an English guy. I like to write, but I wasn't a, like a structure of English guy. You know. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Now I I have to ask. I've re I read a couple of reviews uh, about your music, and uh, you know you have, as I said earlier in the episode, have been compared to say a John Mayer or a Tom Petty. However, who influenced you the most when you were growing up before you picked up the guitar? Was there a particular artist or group of artists that you listened to? Uh, you know, pretty pretty eclectic. Uh, I think in my household, uh, you could have heard, um, uh, you could have heard uh, Johnny Mathis. My grandma liked Johnny Mathis. Um, you could have heard Cream, uh, Supergroup. Um, you could have heard um, you know, some some hard rock. You know, maybe some some uh, ACDC or, or Guns N' Roses. Um, I think. Uh, probably the most influential person for me that, that really made me think of the guitar as my primary instrument uh, was Andres Segovia, uh, the, a very famous uh, classical guitar player. And I got on, got on this you know, YouTube rabbit trail one day, um, and you know, he was really instrumental in, in, in bringing uh, what would be uh, classical music to us, right? To the guitar and, and learning how to adapt it into a guitar uh, motif, um, and a lot of famous rock guitar players went and studied with him before he passed away. Um, and so I say, you know, that uh, probably some of his Latin influence. I love a good rhythm and a good beat. Um, I think John Mayer shares that same, you know, love of a, a great groove. Um, you know. um, and then I say, on you know, from vo vocally. Um, you know, Pavarotti uh, just moves me when I listen to him. Uh, he's pretty amazing. Um, and you were you know, listening I, to Pavarotti in your formative years? I, I think I, I, I for, uh, I'm thinking in my formative years, I, you know, all I can remember is being, my hair being on fire all the time, running a lot. Uh, I know there was music in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, I love to dance, and so, you know, anytime someone puts on something with a good groove, I'm, I'm out there no matter what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say when I really started on my journey, um, the rhythmic nature of John Mayer, before I was a musician, right? So I'm just a listener. I listened to everything, whatever moved me. But as I started gravitating into an instrument, what am I going to learn? What are you going to learn as your first song, right? I'm learning Your Body is a Wonderland, right? What a great groove that song has.
you know. Uh, and then what a great message, you know, uh, waiting on the world to change. Um, you know, I love that that song. Uh, I love his solos. They're they're melodic, right? They have a lot of touch and feel in them. They're not, you know, super fast. Um, you know, so I'd say, you know, er, early on, I, I really felt drawn to his music and, and learned quite a few of his songs. Um, as a matter of fact, I cover um, uh, Free Falling. And when I cover it, people think he wrote it. But Tom Petty wrote it, you know? Uh, but he did a great rendition of it, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm not sure if I answered your question, Jerry, but- uh, No, you did. You, know? you did, I was, just, I was just wondering. My next question was even more eclectic, and that is uh, your beautiful wife. Does she uh, prefer, you know, Mark the, you know, songwriter or Mark the scientist? <laughs> Uh, you know, um, she did not marry a musician, so it's been a, it's been a strange journey, right? Right. I mean, you can imagine. Uh, you know, you're you're. I'm never. I was never like. Uh, I was always athletic. I played football and I played tennis and whatever basketball and whatnot. So I, I never was just a nerd. You know, I always had some other things that I was doing as well as being a nerd, right? Uh, but uh, so when I met her, you know, uh, we wrote, we went, we enjoyed going rollerblading together and windsurfing together. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, our life, you know, we went out dancing together, listened to live music, you know, so it wasn't, you know, it was not a, a nerdy love affair, I reckon, uh, other than the fact that I'm a nerd. Uh, but uh, when, when I started heading in the musical direction, especially probably the last three years, it's been, you know, it's been a big shift. Um, for her in what I do, right? I mean, I have, uh, I have to work on my instrument every day. I have to sing every day, to write every day, um, shows. Um, and she's been, she's been a saint, Jerry. She really has. Uh, she's like, you know, you're passionate about this. So, uh, you know, you be you, um, you know. Uh, and so I've been, I'm very fortunate. I'm very thankful that I have such a lovely wife and she's been so supportive uh, of my, passions in my life it's uh it's uh it's the muse for many of my songs jerry that's beautiful well i'm going to ask you about the muse in a second but we have to stay with your beautiful wife on this one note right here because you and i met as we said down in houston at springboard but you are presently at a uh, eric cager's uh conference cutting edge right now and uh so that was one uh, small sacrifice or maybe larger than small sacrifice that your beautiful wife had to make to follow your passion because you're down there with all of those beautiful people. Yeah, she uh, she was wonderful. Um, you know, I ask her, uh, you know, it's funny when you're when you're a musician, um, you, you have to, I got this great advice from a friend of mine who, uh, his name is Ken, Ken Gaines. He's an amazing singer, songwriter, folk writer, uh, poet, person. He lived in Houston for a very long time and influenced a lot of the young songwriters in the Houston area. Uh, and he took me under his wing uh, for the time that he was in town that I was, you know, involved coming up. Uh, and one of the things he told me really stuck with me is like, you know, don't expect your family to be your fans. Correct. Great Which advice. Was great. You know, as an artist, I, I had no idea how much draw and need there was for affirmation for your art 
You know, it just wasn't a thing. I mean, I, I would do a poem, but it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, I want someone to enjoy my, my haiku. Um, but it wasn't like life altering or something like that, you know? Um, and so as a, as an artist, uh, you know, you want all your friends and family to love what you do and come to your, come to all your shows. And it's like, well, no, that's not how it works. That's right. Uh, everybody has their own musical taste and don't expect that if they do great, but right. so she came to every show, did every live stream, everything I ever did. Um, and I told her, you know, after, I don't know, a year of that, I said, Hey, look, sweet, you know, you don't, I love it that you're supporting me, but you know, it's, it's a lot. And you hear the same songs at home, I'm rehearsing them and whatever. And I said, you just, you know, uh, if you, if you really want to go to a show, you tell me otherwise, if, or if I really need you there, right? If it's something huge, then I'll, I'll say, please come and, and be there for me. Support me. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we've taken up, uh, you know, some extra things. Um, so that we have more quality time together um, since I've fully become more serious about my music. And so uh, we're working our way down a list of uh, the national forests. We're going, uh, we go for a week, we go up, we go hiking and just enjoy the beauty of the United States. Um, so we've, so far we've, we've made three trips. Uh, we've got one coming up to the Smoky Mountains um, you know, in September. So, um, you got to keep working on that marriage, you know, make sure that you're, you're sharing and showing the love uh, for your, you know, your number one in your life, right? right? Absolutely, positively correct. Definitely. Yeah. I'm very happily married after 28 years and, you know, I do it all over again. Um, wonderful woman. She doesn't come to the studio much, though. Uh, it's come to her fair share of performances, but uh, she tends to eschew the studio environment. Because she doesn't want to hear the same thing over and over. <laughs> yeah. That, again, you know. Yeah. The performance, you know, we can't stop and start again. So she's real cool with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Cutting Edge. Is this day one or day two down there? Uh, I came in last night, late last night. Uh, so I think there was a few folks down just checking in and whatnot. Today is day one. Uh, for me, they, they actually had a songwriter event. I didn't really, I couldn't pull away to be here yesterday, a full day yesterday. Um, but they had a song, a song co-writing event going on uh, that started yesterday uh, and is running the, the full length of, of the, the Cutting Edge conference. Um, and so they're, they're here for an extra day. Um, but today is the first day of the of, uh I guess they have, there's an attorney track, and then there's a, um, there's the music business and performance track. Um, yeah, it's. And so I um, I couldn't make it down to uh, Cutting Edge. I was certainly invited. I met Eric when he was in Houston, you know, at Barry's uh, Springboard, you know. But um, with respect to Springboard, that was my first time down there. Had you gone to the previous Springboard conferences as well? Are you like a veteran? You know, I'm brand new. Um, you know, I didn't, I, my first you know, song came out in 2019, uh, you know, in June of 2019. And so I didn't really know what being uh, a part of anything was in the musical community, other than I put a band together and started doing what I do best. I, I can sell, I can sell stuff. I started calling and getting gigs and you know, doing my thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, I didn't know about all these things. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't know mu about much. You know, 
uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, COVID sort of shut down my band and the, the guitarist and drummer and bass player had to get real, you know, other jobs because you know, music wasn't a profession during COVID. I'm glad you corrected that. I'm, I'm interrupting you, but I'm glad you corrected. You said real job, and then you corrected yourself. God bless you. For yeah, that. it is. It's a real job. You just couldn't. You just couldn't make money at it during uh, during COVID. Um, right. So I went online actually, and I started doing. Uh, I rearranged all my music to be a singer songwriter, uh, and then I started doing Zoom ticketed Zoom shows to support my local charities who who had a bigger need than I did. Uh, I learned to to be a singer songwriter. I, I learned to to give back to the community with my music, I uh, learned to do live streaming. I learned to you know do quite a few things in that journey. And com coming out, I met a ton of people because uh, the singer songwriter community opened up first in Houston. Uh, you know, people weren't really coming out to ticketed shows anywhere, even to to, to clubs. You couldn't. Uh, but a lot of open mic nights started opening, and I, I met a lot of you know, singer songwriters who I never would have met. You know, if it hadn't been that COVID had happened. Um, and so, uh, part of my part of that journey, uh, you know, I got involved in um, in Barry Copping's We Get local. He, he does these little We Get gatherings. He's amazing. He pulls the whole music community together. Uh, and I went to one of them, and uh, you know, he and I got to talking and uh, decided to write a a song together. And after we wrote a song together. Uh, he told me about Springboard, uh, but um, I wasn't really, I didn't have my, uh, my new three-piece act together enough in my mind to, 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 to be uh, a performing artist there. Um, and so uh, he said, you know, hey, why don't you go to New Orleans? They have a singer-songwriter track there. And then when we do We Get Again uh, locally, uh, the Springboard, you know, then uh, I'll have enough, you know, my band reps together that we, we could play uh, play there. So he, he gave me great advice, um, and uh, I got a chance. He invited me to sit in um, to the Springboard events and be a part of everything, um, and it was really sweet of him. And um, yeah, he's a he's a great guy. He's helped me a ton. He is. He's uh, he's uh, wonderful. I'm I'm with uh, We Get as well. MusicSupervisor.com uh, online, and uh, he invited me down to Springboard and. I mean, I, I really do. I, I love him genuinely. He's a good man, and uh, I appreciate his passion for wanting to help independent artists, songwriters, performers. He wants us to get the business. So he, you know, he's he's an entree musician. You know, he's been in the entree musician um, framework. You know, and when we do our Sunday nights, he dips in when he when he has time to do so. He's always giving advice. And uh, he's just been a great resource. So, love Barry Coffin for real. Good dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a good good people. We have you know it's amazing how you know, two or three good people in your community can open so many doors for everyone. You know, you definitely. Know. I, I try to be one of those good people myself. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, we do too around here. You know, I mean, it's it's about especially for those of us who are fifty and over. You know, because there's a lot of different ideological, psychological, subconscious, uh, you talked about distractions and barriers that tend to come 
uh, as you age because the music industry seems to, this is a seems, is a placebo, seems to be centered on the young. But there's so much that you can do after you've crossed the 50-year-old barrier that, that doesn't have to stop you. You don't have to talk yourself out of a career. So I'll say this, last week we just uh, spent time with a band in their 70s who booked the entire studio. They're making their first CD, and I was as proud as punch to be involved with the sessions. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what's up right there. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good feeling. Yes, sir. Well, let me ask, uh, um, going back to your songwriting. Now, we talked about you know who your influences were in your formative years, but as you sit down, to put pen to paper, we know you write a haiku a day, but when you are saying, well, this is the next song that I'm writing right here, are you more uh, clinical, like a Diane Warren, I'm going to do these three steps, or are you more organic and kind of just allowing the song to be downloaded into your spirit? How does that happen? Uh, you know, when I, when, I, uh, when I first started writing uh, my first set of songs, um, you know, I had something to say. Um, and so I'd say I, I probably approached them like a poem almost, right? That's because that was my, that was my closest corollary. You know, so I wrote the song uh, in, in, you know, in ideological form, and then I had to figure out how to squench things into courses, uh, chorus and verse, and, you know, just sort of learning because I never had really studied songwriting. Um, and so I think it was, you know, it was really, you know, these thoughts that that came to me, you know, they were a part of, you know, my soul that I needed to get out and, and share. Um, my very first song, is, you know, so it's called Brothers. It's, it's about being locked in the world together with everyone and finding a way to make the world a better place. Um, and, um, um, and so from there, um, I learned a lot. I, I had to, I bought a class to learn music theory. I bought it online and taught myself music theory and how to use a you know, recording system. And uh, I just didn't have all the, the tools and the palette. I didn't understand, you know, how to create something that people would actually listen to, right? It wasn't, it wasn't cathartic that I needed to get it out to process something myself. I really wanted to share my thoughts in a way that would positively influence other people. And so there was a certain quality metric I wanted to be delivering my music so that it would it would actually get out and, and have a chance to make someone's life better, right? Um, so um, so I'd say uh, it kind of came in a jumble as uh, as I learned to play the guitar before I learned to sing. Uh, chord structures and some other things, you know, probably were a little easier to put together. Uh, even you'll hear some guitar solo work in my earlier work albums. Um, that might have been a little easier than, than the vocal melody. How do I, how do I you know, think about that? I hadn't been a singer before. Um, so, you know, it's a bit jumble um, and chaotic <laughs> coming together. Um, and you know, even my second album, even though I knew the process that I'd used and so I could, I could learn from it, it was probably still a little more uh, organic and chaotic. Um, and that, that shifted this year, I, I went to uh, a singer-songwriter retreat in Austin. It's um, a gal, uh, Andrea Stolpe, uh, who's uh, a prolific writer and a teacher. Uh, she's 
former Berkeley teacher and has done a lot of work at labels. Um, and she brought, uh, I think she does three retreats a year in different parts of the country and brings singer songwriters in from, from all over the world. Um, so I spent four days in Austin in February with 25 people from all over the world and uh, studied songwriting for the first time, uh, which was amazing. Um, and every day we were split up into three person writing pods and we would write a song between um, three and five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then we would perform the song at seven. Uh, we did that every day. Um, and I really learned, first of all, I learned how to co-write, which is a great skill. I, I had no clue how to do it. Um, and I also learned uh, a bit more of a process that uh, has some better definition to deliver a message to other people. Um, and so um, you know, today I'd say I have a little bit more of a stepwise approach um, since I, I, I've gotten a little more education. Uh, I start off creatively, creative writing against some kind of a feeling or topic. And after I do some kind of a timed creative write, um, then I'll search my creative writing for verse and chorus and peel them out. Um, then I'll pause and I'll get my guitar out and I will find a groove that feels like the emotion. Uh, and then I'll try to you know, push, put them together. Um, and that seems to be delivering a higher quality song. Um, you know, for me, I'm, my message is getting out better. It's, it's less poetic than it has been in the past, a little more uh, relatable. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And it really helps you as a co-writer because you have a, a, at least a bit of a process that you can share in a group that, that seems to be functional. Um, so it's evol evolving. I, I imagine, Jerry, you probably the same thing when you write a song. I don't know, are you, are you a melody first guy? Or are you, what, are, what are you, chords first? What do you do? I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm a drummer, you know, so it could be the beat. It could be the bass line. It could be me at the grocery store uh, picking out uh, different things that I want. And the melody hits me when I have nothing but my phone. And so I'm yelling and screaming into my phone. You know, it's, it's all of that. It's, you know, it's it's more organic and it's not, you know, I've, I've tried the methodology of saying, well, I'm going to do this, this, this and this uh, in other parts of my life. I'm much more organizational. But when it's songwriting it's all organic and um, it comes together I'm just grateful for the way it comes together and it could have started you know sometimes I've written backwards it's, it's just been like wow you know this thing is going to happen at the end but it influenced how the intro starts and how the bridge builds and all of that thing is just crazy so no I don't have a system I'm just nuts but it works and I've, I've been able to sell a few records, so <laughs> I'm grateful for that, you know. That's, that is cool. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think we're all constantly evolving as people and, you know, that uh, is important. So you, who you are today is not the artist who wrote your first song, you know. Right, right. Now, I can go back to stuff that I've written 20 years ago and cringe, you know. I can go back to stuff I've written, you know, yesterday and cringe yeah. as well, you know. But there are those rare moments that God gives you where you go, 
you know, thank you, Lord. That was pretty cool. You know, I appreciate that. Thanks. Let's do that again sometime. You know, come, yeah, come by the yeah. studio and visit me again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Stop in. I think, uh, you know, we, uh, one of the things I learned in, in, in Austin in February for the songwriting retreat was, uh, you know, you, you have to write maybe two or 300 songs before you really find your groove, uh, which to me was like, you know, I'm not, yeah. wow. I don't know. I'm I'm more of a producer than a songwriter, but I am a serious songwriter, and I've worked with some great people. I've I've not heard that. I'm sure for the craft of songwriting, that has to be true. But I think I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean that that's the first time that I've heard that, so I'm not disputing that. But man, 300 songs before you can really just I I've heard, you know, look. I'm just going to say this honestly. My nose is brown enough. I don't have to say anything I don't mean, okay? So I've heard both Slipstream and Boundary Layer, and obviously you're not 300 songs into it, but you know what you're doing. So I'm, I'm a little jarred by that, that statement. I'll well, thank you. Leave it at that. Uh, I say, you know, if you, this, uh, in my casual study of the topic, you know, Ed Sheeran, who's a great writer, uh, in my opinion, anyway, he, he, writes like all the time. John Mayer writes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, and again, I'm, I'm sure that's the craft of songwriting. Yeah. I mean, you know, serious songwriters, I'm sure, I mean, look at Diane Warren. I mean, to me, she's yeah. like tops on just like being a clinician on, you know, pumping out songs. So I have no ground to stand on there. And I know that I'm more interested, you know, I'm more attracted to the production process. So there's a, a great passion for me being behind the scenes as the song is being recorded and kind of involved in the orchestration. Um, but to sit down and to write, I mean, by God's grace, I've had things on radio. I've been in the top 10. I've, you know, those things happen, but I'm not a songwriter. Mm. I would say you are, you know, but hey, uh, you know, you but, can I mean, to that to that level, John Mayer, yeah, Ed Sharon, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a to me, there's like a, uh, like I'm in the Houston Songwriter Association. Right. Uh, and it's a great organization and there's a lot of great education, great people there. You know, there are people uh, who are there are lots of great writers in the association. Uh, and there are a few people who are the songwriter songwriter. So they're very clever and technical. And so when they write a song, if you're a songwriter, you really love it, right? You're like, okay, that's that's the song of the month, right? Because it's really cool, uh, you know. Uh, and so I think there's a songwriter, songwriter, and then there's there's just people who who communicate great emotion, yeah. songs, right? And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me, right? I'm, I'm like, hey, Jerry, how you, what are you doing up there, brother? Yeah, I'm like, I'm doing good from down <laughs> here, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I am so grateful that you took opportunity out, you know, to uh, spend some time with us here at the Entree Musician, man. We we really dig you. We dig your music. Uh, grateful that I met you. Grateful that I got on the plane and came down to Houston uh, to springboard. And uh, I know this won't be our last conversation. What's next for you immediately? Well, like a new yep, project? Yep, I'm very excited. Or? Yep, I have, a new, uh, I have a new EP that's in the works. Um, the uh, first song from that is coming out tomorrow, actually, uh, so uh, August 25th, 
Um, it's, a, it's a song uh, titled ICU. And uh, it's about those amazing people in your life uh, who uh, open up your eyes and show you the world in a different way. Uh, and uh, you, you discover unexpected beauty uh, by looking through their eyes. Uh, so uh, I'm excited it's coming out, uh, like I said, tomorrow. Um, and uh, have a big show uh, back in Houston uh, Thursday night of next week, uh, August 31st. Um, and we're going to celebrate the release uh, of the song. Um, have a couple of other acts who are joining us down at the Lone Star Saloon. Um, and uh, we're raising money for the East Fort Bend Human Needs Ministry uh, as a part of the show. Uh, so the tickets are, are going to support your charity. And, um, you know, you know me, I always want to be a part of the community and giving back uh, and, uh, and sharing my message. So I'm excited about that. And I have... Uh, um, have a few other songs uh, that I'll release later this year that are a part of that EP um, that's going to come out in the first part of uh, next year, first quarter probably of next year. So I'm excited about that. That's very cool, man. So grateful you're on the move. Again, so grateful we met you. This is Mark Winters. You visit him at markwintersmusic.com. Listen to what I've been listening to. You know, Boundary Layer is... Uh, it's um, a project all its own, and I'm grateful that you've uh, set down your science hat for just a minute to uh, write it. You probably just twisted it, didn't set it down the time. Great Good. album, though. Good stuff, man. Thank well, you so much, Jerry. Peace to you, Mark, and we'll see you soon, my brother. All right. Thank you for having me, Jerry B. Have a great day, man. Absolutely. Hey, I knew you were going to enjoy this conversation. Wonderful guy, right? You know, how balanced. Uh, for music and science to come together in the way they did. And you definitely have to go to markwinnersmusic.com. Check them out. Check us out here at The Entree Musician. Don't, depict, don't forget, if I can say it correctly, to pick up my best-selling book, The Path of the Entree Musician, Nine Keys to Unlock Your Mindset, Discipline, and Focus. My name is Jerry B. I am The Entree Musician, but you know what's most important? So are you. We will see you again next time. Peace and blessings to you.